the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. p.m. on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope you had a great, great day. Um, if you're driving home, if you're making uh, chicken cutlets for the kids tonight, it's Arthur Idala, And I'm excited um, on a lot of levels. But one of the reasons why I'm excited, maybe is a little personal, is, you know, I always check the news right before I come on the air. And the, the, the basically the lead story is Anthony Rizzo staying with the New York Yankees on a $40 million contract. Yes, a mere... $40 million. But anybody uh, who knows Anthony Rizzo, he came over from the city of Chicago. And the two attorneys who I tried the Harvey Weinstein case with, Donna and Damon, when I think it was actually Donna who, who commented when he came over to the Yankees, she said, you're not just getting a great baseball player, you're getting a great human being. Uh, he participates in many of the community events and uh, really puts himself out there as a good human being. He's also clearly a leader of the Yankees, and um, I know Aaron Judge and he have a, a pretty good relationship. So uh, I, most people would prefer to see Aaron Judge stay in pinstripes. For those of you who don't know, Aaron Judge was the baseball player who broke a 61-year uh, record set in 1961 uh, by Roger Maris in how many home runs? It, it, 61 home runs, and now it's 62 home runs. Um, and you know, this is a New York show. I know I might get some pushback from those New York Mets fans, but the New York Yankees are a huge part of New York, especially that borough of the Bronx. Um, you know, when people come, I just had people visiting from Italy, and I, I was able to spend a lot of time with them on Saturday, and then again last night, they were at the Friars Club with me. Um, when you talk about the five boroughs, you kind of try to brag about something from each borough. You know, I, no offense to my Bronx listeners, but... Um, you know, besides the Bronx Zoo, you go Yankee Stadium. After that, you you know you're kind of bit of a little bit of a loss. Like what there is to do there. Not that there's so much to do in in Queens and Staten, whatever. But the Yankees are a huge hunk of this city, and it kind of stinks when they're losing. I mean, I remember in the '80s when the Yankees stunk. You know, yeah, you had Winfield, yeah, you had Mattingly, but it just it, it wasn't fun. I will tell you, I. I think it's the only memory I have of Joan. What are you telling me? Oh, Alex Sports. Oh, Joan, so, hello. Way, I, I have here. a loaded. I have a loaded room here. I have. I have. What's your name again? Joan. I have Joan. I have our new friend Diane. I have Jerry here. Um, Imran's floating around somewhere with his head spinning off his shoulders on on a case. But I remember 
when the Yankees lost to the Cincinnati Reds. Did they get swept, Jerry? They may have gotten swept even the World Series. It was it was it was bad. And I could tell you where I was sitting in my parents' house and one of the it was game three, they were losing a game four and seventy six, so I was like nine. Uh eight or nine and I was I was crying. Like I broke down in tears because the Yankees were losing and my dad before the movie came out basically said, Come on, Arthur. There's no crying in baseball. So Tom Hanks actually lifted that line from Lou Idala. Um, Alex, I, I mean, I have Joan holding a big sign in front of me. Go to Alex on sports. <laughs> so I don't know, Alex, do you have some breaking sports news you, that I should know about? You or Joan it. was just afraid I had nothing to talk about this I know, this and I, I don't know. She should know better that you're on top of the sports updates, right? But, no, it's exciting that Anthony Rizzo is back in the Bronx, and I agree with you. I think this inspires Aaron Judge to come back. But I know you're also a Net fan, and the big question I have is, where is Kyrie? You know, he didn't make the road trip with the Nets, and I don't know if you've been following it that closely, but... I, I have been following it. They're doing really well. I know. Without him on the court, they're doing they're doing all right. But it's just, it's, it's well, this this is, this a question is, if, if of I if may, he's coming back. If I may, Alex, what I heard, and it, it's interesting because you could relate this to any team and to even any, maybe any business. Um, what they're saying is, when there is one main guy who right now is Kevin Durant, if there's one main guy that you know everything goes through, it just seems to flow better. And, you know, obviously you can make that argument with Tom Brady. You can make that argument about Lawrence Taylor. But you can make that argument about Jeff Bezos. You can make that argument about David Letterman. You know, when you know, okay, this is the person, and this is the person, good or bad, who who we're going to rely on. When you have Kyrie and you have uh, um, Durant, there's a little bit of a disjointment. I remember, okay, this is how bad the New York Giants were. The New York Giants were so bad in the end of the 70s, the beginning of the 80s. I was a Dallas Cowboy fan. It goes no. back to like, yeah, it's got to do with the Cougines in Brooklyn. and and But Roger Staubach was fantastic, and then he was followed up by Danny White. But uh, they got um, Herschel Walker, but they already had Tony Dorsett, and they were going to be called Thunder and Lightning. Guess what? It just didn't work. When Tony Dorsett was the only running back and he got all the ball all the time, they won two Super Bowls. When, um, you know, when Herschel came in and you're like, okay, who's the main guy? And I think that's that's happening in the Nets uh, right now. It, for the positive that Kyrie's not there, it's like, okay, Kevin Durant is clearly the main guy. And it's interesting because I try to make these analogies with my own law firm. You know, this tiny little law office here, but... You know, as much as I hand off authority and try to make everyone have a certain sense of autonomy, with all humility, like the buck stops here. In other words, if there's not enough money in the the bank account to pay everyone, they're not looking at anyone else but me. Um, And that gives me a tremendous amount of burden, but it also gives me a tremendous amount of clout. Like, you want to sign on the dotted line for the lease of this this uh, space here on 5th Avenue, 45th Street? You want to be liable for all the millions of dollars that I am? You know, then then you could sit here and you could be the Kevin Durant. But while I'm, my neck is on the line, I, I'm, I'm going to be Kevin Durant. And it's, it is interesting because there's no doubt Kyrie Irving is an exceptionally talented human being when it comes to the world of basketball. But he's caused some troubles. Now, on the flip side of the coin... Since Alex Garrett has taken me down this rabbit hole that I didn't expect to calm down, 
is Kyrie Irving allowed to say what he wants to say? I mean, Lawrence Taylor was not exactly a model citizen when he was playing for the New York Giants, and he's a dear, dear friend of mine, and, and I could call him right now if I needed something, and he'd be there for me. But he was not a role model when he was the greatest defensive player of all time. Does it matter? Should it matter? You know, I, I just got off the phone with Mayor Giuliani, and um, I can't att- violate attorney-client privilege, but we're very happy about the results yesterday uh, with the Southern District of New York saying, hey, we are not charging Rudy Giuliani with any crimes. That's basically how, how it ends. But Giuliani's getting all these other defamation suits, and it goes back to people's freedom of speech, people's right to say what they want to say. You, I mean, you understand in the United States of America, we're going to have Tom Harris on for Tom, Times Square Tuesday you could set up a box in the corner of Times 42nd and 7th and say, Hitler is great. Hitler is great. Hitler is great. Who's with me? Hitler is great. That's not a crime. You can't get arrested for that. You can't be, uh, you're, you're not out of order. You're not breaking, that's the beauty of America. That's the difference between here and Tenement Square in China. So should Ky- Kyrie Irving, on one side, if he's a knucklehead when it comes to his politics, Versus how great he is on the court, that's up to you to decide. I, you know, I have my own opinion, but I kind of like to, to make you guys think. You know, there's plenty of opinions out there. I give you my opinion on, on a lot of stuff. I'm giving you my opinion that the Southern District of New York they did the wrong thing, in my opinion, by knocking down Giuliani's door, not really, but ringing his bell at 6.30 in the morning and saying, hi, Mr. Mayor, can I come in? When they knew he had a lawyer, a great lawyer, Bob Costello, they could have just picked up the phone the way they did with me when I was representing Anthony Weiner. They didn't go into Anthony Weiner's house at 6 in the morning when his wife's was the chief of staff to the woman who everyone presumed was going to be the next president of the United States. They just called me and said, will you accept this search warrant and will you voluntarily collect all these his electronics and hand it over to us? Sure, no problem. They could have done that with Rudy Giuliani. But no, they didn't do that. They embarrassed him. They did everything they could. But now, after all the evidence has been presented to the grand jury, after they've seen everything on those, on those machines, they said, well, yeah, there, there was no crimes regarding the Ukraine. Out of order. But I am so glad that 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 happened, that that took place. Um, We are going to segue into a little bit about what's going on in Times Square. A bad thing happened in Times Square, right, Joan? Joan's so funny. She's like, set up the microphone. I want to be on the microphone. Yeah, right. She's standing like a mile and a half away from the microphone. Yeah, yeah, the smiling face is real good. Talk into the microphone for one second. Before Tom comes, you got 30 seconds. From here to Times Square, if I didn't talk. You have 30 seconds. Yes, so. What happened in Times Square? That's bad. Grande's brother was attacked and robbed. Everything he had was robbed. This was a couple of days ago. Poor guy. In Times Square. In Times Square. All right, so we're going to get the scoop from Tom Harris, who's the president of the Times Square Alliance, who's a former police officer. So don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about our friends from Connors and Sullivan, and then we're going to talk about to going to talk to Tom. Hello. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. Those are our friends that have offices in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. I told you I saw uh, Mike Connors on Sunday, and we were chatting. And uh, he actually said that he appreciated uh, how highly I speak of his law firm. I'm like, Mike, I sent my own parents to you. Like, how much, how much more 
how many more bouquets can I throw at you on or off the air than sending my own family members to you? If you need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will, a state plan, they're the place to be, Connors and Sullivan. If you are healthy now, but hey, we're not always going to be healthy now, although I got the uh, results back from my internal sonogram that I had yesterday, and everything is looking good. They were a little concerned. There's a little shadow in my gallbladder, whether that could be a stone, but they don't think so. But I got to stay away from the black pepper because black pepper is called gallstones. But we can talk about that another time. The Italian-Americans, they're always getting gallstones and kidney stones because they're always grinding that black pepper into their food. But I digress. Um, Let's say I got really sick. Let's say I needed to be hospitalized or put into a nursing home. And, you know, you're entitled to certain government benefits. But if things aren't set up the right way, you, you do not get those government benefits. Connors and Sullivan specializes in all of this stuff. You should make an appointment with them. There's no obligation. And it's a free consultation. Free. Connors and Sullivan, 718-238-6500. Visit their website. You'll get more information at connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connors always says. The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala, a new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want styling and value are looking at the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander and finding Mitsubishi's industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty and available seven-passenger seating makes Outlander an outstanding choice. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for best selection. Let's go. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Apparently, according to this song, yes. Now, you know, you're the DJ here. Is this like an older song, a newer song? Yeah, it's when she went into her bit of a dance phase, like in the early 2000s. Have you seen a picture of Madonna lately? She looks quite different, and she's definitely trying to uh, really put herself out there, but in really weird posts. I'm a little worried about her. Yeah. her. She looks like she's got that, remember that woman, that cat woman face kind of yes. situation? Yes, she got... I mean, she's got more fillers than Phyllis Diller. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, that bums me out because, let's say, she was an icon. Um, she I still mean, is. She, she still is. She still Absolutely. is. I, I, she said, I mean, you're too young, honestly, but Joan and I can remember. I mean, 
she changed the way people dressed. She, I wore my Madonna bracelets. Everyone and had my, those rubber things. That was on one of my wrists. first conference uh, concerts, conference, conference. And, uh, and the material thing. girl and phase. Coliseum and the yeah. black, the black lace. And I went to the concert and I had the rubber bracelets. You got she it, went you know, topless, by the way, you, in uh, in some photos. It's yeah. a family show, Joan. It's a family nice. show, okay? She did. Settle hey, down. she can do what she needs to do, but she does not look completely since, like herself. Since we're on the topic of famous people, um, Leonardo DiCaprio had a heck of a party on um, Friday night. He had a, a guest list that was Were you invited? pretty unique. I, yeah, I couldn't make it. I, Luca had to go do something, but so I had to take him <laughs> and we had to clean up the Sakura. Um, but, you know, speaking of people aging gracefully, and you guys know that I lean hard in this direction, but they did have a, a lot of people, uh, photos of people going in and out of DiCaprio's party. Mm-hmm. And one of them was he's either 79 and three quarters or 80 year old Mick Jagger. And you know what Mick Jagger looks like at 79 or 80? He looks like he's 79 or 80. Yeah. He actually looks older than that. He's like still, my dad he's is still awesome. Quarter. Yeah. And, but it, there's a, um, there's a dignity of just, you know, just being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate. I know we're going to go to Tom Harris. I was very fortunate quite some time ago, 15, 17 and 18 years ago, I represented a woman by the name of Gina Lola Brigida. Oh, my God. Now. <laughs> my Jerry, grandfather loved Jerry, her. Well, a lot of them. She was a beautiful, beautiful lady. Um, but, I mean, I went to her home in Rome. It was an unbelievable experience. I mean, she had, when you walked into her kitchen, like the real kitchen, not there was like, there was two of everything in the house. There were two living rooms, two dining rooms, two of everything. When you went into the real kitchen, there was a wall. Um, it was like typical height, eight or nine feet. But it was, I don't know, 20 feet long. And it just had 8 by 10 touching 8 by 10 framed photos of her with everyone. from Literally from Clark Gable to, I believe, the most recent person there I recognize was Bill Clinton. But everyone in between, the astronauts, race car drivers, Paul Newman, Humphrey Bogart. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. But wow. she had this rivalry with Sophia Loren. Oh, yeah. And her kind of claim to fame is, I'm 80 years old, look at my face, no knife has ever touched this face. My girl, this is what she says in her broken English accent, my girlfriend is Sophia, she, she can say the same thing. <laughs> uh, and she was basically telling us how Sophia She's Loren 95 has... 95 now. Yeah, she was... She was a pretty cool, tough lady. We'll we'll talk about that. I represented her in a lawsuit against. We gotta Sva- do a whole show on that. Svodovsky Crystal, um, but yeah, that was. She, she was she was definitely a tough lady. Speaking of tough, a guy who was a tough a cop when he was on the job, um, and now he's a tough leader of the Times Square Alliance. Our good friend on Tuesdays, Tom Harris. Tom, what's the update from Times Square? Well, so thanks for having me. Lots of great things going on in, in Times Square, and some some not so great. I know you led with a horrible incident that happened last week. Um, well, why don't we shed a little? Why don't we shed a little light on that, Tom, for the people who are listening? So um, Ariana Grande's brother Frankie was uh, robbed last week in in Times Square. They took his Louis Vuitton bag from him. The good news, if there could be good news, is the the great men and women of the New York City Police Department arrested two people, and uh, hopefully justice will be served with that. Like I said, one crime in Times Square is one too many. It's horrible that this incident happened, and I always say we have the greatest police department in the world who who, uh, made two arrests. 
So, so um, Tom, was, was there uh, was there a weapon used in that attack, or was it just force? I did not see that. It seemed like they just uh, jumped him from behind. Okay. Well, obviously, we hate to hear those things. Anyone, I, you know, I walk through Times Square on a regular basis. Between the NYPD and the private Times Square Alliance um, security force, you know, there's usually someone around. But, you know, I just want to give people a little context. Today, in my neighborhood, I live very close to Fort Hamilton High School. And I went for a little run around 830 this morning. There were so many kids in the schoolyard smoking weed. Um, now, they weren't really doing anything bad. And they saw me. And they were, they're kids who were like 16, 17 years old. And, you know, there's three or four or five or eight of them. And they could kick my butt if they wanted to. They didn't even, <clears throat> they weren't really interested in me walking through there in my silly, like, little sweatpants and a sweatshirt. But all I was thinking of is this wasn't really happening not that long ago this wasn't happening, and that I should probably pick up the phone and call the community affairs. I want to call or write a letter, because sometimes when I write a letter on my letterhead, it moves the needle, but to the community affairs officers at the 6-8 precinct, who are great, and to the, to the principal of the school, saying, listen, between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m., there should be some form of uh, adult supervision there, whether it's a t- teacher from the school, now they're going to say, well, we don't have jurisdiction. Fine. Have the teacher from the school sitting on a bench reading a book and see how many kids are going to sit right there and, and twist up a fatty before they go into school. Or obviously just have a patrol car just parked right outside the, the, the playground, the schoolyard at Fort Hamilton High School. So sadly, you know, it's not just um, it's not just Times Square. And Tom, yesterday on the show, I mentioned that over the weekend, I spoke to a pretty big real estate executive who really travels the country. And his remark to me was, compared to other cities I go to, like Chicago, uh, he mentioned Chicago, San Francisco, I think Dallas, either Dallas or Houston. He's like, we're not really, and definitely Washington, D.C. He said, we're not really in such bad shape in terms of the homeless crisis and the crime crisis. But as you say, Tom Harris of the Times Square Alliance, one crime committed in Times Square is one too many. And also, we can be safer. We know that there are strategies and things that we could do and things we need to come together as a community uh, to to uh, affect change and to be safer. But there's a lot of great things happening in, in Times Square. Today, we celebrated the opening of the Museum of Broadway on 45th Street. Tomorrow, we're going to be celebrating the opening of the Brooklyn Deli. The Fireman Group is going to open up their third restaurant in Times Square at 1501 Broadway, the Brooklyn Deli. So that's great news. And uh, Thursday night, we have the opening of And Juliet at the Stephen Sondheim Theater. So there's a lot of great positive things going on in Times Square, and we encourage everyone to come out and discover their, their, uh, their latest Times Square memories. Tell, tell me a little bit about the Museum of Broadway, because that's, that's definitely intriguing. So it just opened up um, at the uh, at, at uh, 145 West 45th Street, and and uh, a little bit bittersweet because that was uh, the location of Old Lonnie's, one of my favorite places to eat. But uh, but it's uh, it's an interactive experience that highlights um, groundbreaking moments in Broadway's history, moments that push creative boundaries, challenge social norms, and pave the way for those who, who would follow. 
Um, like I said, it's, it's on 45th Street, 145 West 45th Street. There are a couple of rooms you could go into. Uh, they take you uh, behind the scenes uh, into a room that shows you how a Broadway show is made. So it's a fun, exciting experience. We were on 45th Street today. Mayor Adams was was there and cut the ribbon, and uh, it's going to be a great new addition to Times Square. That's great. Before we go, we got two more minutes left. Anything new with the Times Square casino? I mean, there's been a lot of rumors and newspaper articles about a casino possibly piping up in uh, the Broadway area. So um, I wouldn't say anything new other than that we know that there's a process. Uh, proposals are due, I think, uh, in January, and the decision is going to be made in 2023. And as with everything else in Times Square, there are more opinions than people. So so more to come on that, um, and uh, you know, it should be an interesting 2023 in Times Square. All right. You are the best, Tom. Thanks for keeping us uh, posted. You know, everyone is so lucky to have you there, Tom, because not only in your current job, but, uh, you know, what you did before you were there, you were an inspector in the NYPD. So when people's primary concern is crime in the Times Square area, you're not the Times Square Alliance is not being led by a Broadway producer uh, or someone who handles the mimes in, in Broadway, but someone who uh, was a, a hardcore police officer when crime was at its highest here in the city of New York. So we're lucky to have you, Tom. Thanks for being on and giving us the update on Tuesdays. Okay, thanks for everything that you do, Arthur. And I think we're going to see a lot with Mayor Adams in the next year with crime, with disorder, dealing with repeat offenders, and dealing with the mentally ill. So I'm very optimistic. And thanks to you, everyone at the show. You guys are fantastic in helping us um, through this pandemic and beyond. All right. Tom Harris, the Times Square Alliance, Times Square Tuesday. Arthur Idala Power Hour will be right back talking about court reporting and what that's really all about. So if you want to, like, be involved in the thick of things in the courtroom, in the courthouse, um, or even behind the scenes a little bit in depositions, you can without going to law school, without paying all that money, without losing your hair like I did studying for the bar exam. What could you be? You could be a court reporter. Now, you need training. It's not something you just know how to do. But court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems and schools and television stations, they're all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. How do you do that? It's very simple. Just email them and ask them for some information. Email info at plazacollege.edu, info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu, info at plazacollege.edu. AM 970, The Answer, doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app, just search AM 970, The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. 
Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala. Come experience the all-new 2023 Mitsubishi PHEV, our plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Bold, capable, electrifying. Reserve yours today. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi, just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. 632 New York City. I'm sitting here at my desk. Um, it's been a pretty busy um, work day for me. I've been in very many different places today, um, but we're getting it all done. We're getting it all in. We're taking care of everyone. I've been... Um, uh, working on some pretty uh, intense issues. That's probably the the best I could say that, you know, every case we handle, we take very, very seriously. But it would be naive to say uh, when the outcome is going to be internationally broadcast, uh, you don't feel a little extra pressure. With that being said, uh, today I met with a client. Um, his first name is Ryan, who two years ago right now, uh, well, not a little, it was December. Um, the arrest was like, I think December 4th and his family contacted me December 20th. He was still incarcerated and I did an emergency bail application and I got him out for Christmas. And I, since this is a Southern district of New York, so that's the most important, most powerful, according to them, uh, courthouse in the United States of America. I got him out and I kept him out during the pendency of his case. And then uh, earlier this year, uh, we went and he he, he took a plea to a much, 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 if I say much enough, lower charge than what he was originally charged with. And that's, you know, I don't want anyone thinking like, oh, you thumbed the system. It was a technicality. No, the, the law enforcement was just wrong. You know, we just heard bragging about law enforcement with with Tom Harris, but everyone makes mistakes. Your mechanic can say the noise in your car is X and they fix X and guess what? They give you the car back and it's still making the noise. They were wrong. Your plumber could fix something they're wrong. Well, guess what? Sometimes law enforcement is wrong. So my Ryan, um, he was selling clothes that he designed himself and had made himself and he was delivering them basically through texting and, and, uh, various uh, forms of technology. And he's taking these bags inside of the homes and he's coming out with nothing in his hand. Um, And they were under the incorrect assumption that it was drugs. He was bringing drugs in and out. That he was bringing marijuana in and out and at times it was cocaine in and out. But it wasn't. It was sweatshirts. It was t-shirts, sweatpants, hats. Uh, I know that because I have all this stuff. 
But it took me a while, and it took me a bunch of evidence, to, uh, to discovering a bunch of evidence, to finally convince the prosecutors. Now, to the prosecutor's credit, you know, prosecutors have what's called a quasi-judicial function. Unlike a defense attorney who has to represent their clients nonstop within the, mal- the, the realms of ethics, um, a prosecutor is supposed to wear two hats. It's supposed to look at the whole picture. And if law enforcement has arrested someone inappropriately, the prosecutor, whether it's a state prosecutor, federal prosecutor, municipal prosecutor, whatever kind of prosecutor is, they have an ethical obligation to declare that a mistake was made and to either dismiss charges or reduce charges. So here, these federal prosecutors, you know, with stellar educational background, um, they eventually, after listening to all of the evidence, everything I presented, they dismissed they dismissed all of the serious charges against my client, and he pled to some much lower count. And then we appeared in front of a judge in the Southern District of New York and um, got him no jail time and got him a short period of probation. And I don't even know if he got probation. He may have just gotten time served. And today, he and his mom, he's probably 40, 36, something like that, and his mom showed up. They were in town, and there was some lingering paperwork they needed to sign and his mom is coming here on December the 14th um, to bring us all lunch she's cooking her special food whatever she wants to bring us and whatever she wants to cook and she's going to give the law firm lunch on that day um, That that's a, a great feeling I have no problem telling you that from where I stood I could tell you where I was standing when I'm arguing this is the height of the pandemic December of 2020 everything was done virtually this was actually a bail argument I did over a telephone and I remember my Mike my partner Mike Jacarino after listening to my whole presentation he's like man you were really you were really into it I'm like he's got five kids I don't know if it was five or six I'm like it's Christmas he shouldn't be there and we worked it out that he wasn't there so I was you know I took a little victory lap with him today, which was very, very, very cool. But let's talk about our next guest, who uh, people in her profession are always uh, in the courtroom when we are there in some form or another. It's Karen Santucci from the Plaza College Court Reporting Program. She is the director. Welcome to the show, Karen. Oh, thank you so much, Arthur, for having me. Oh, it's absolutely our pleasure. Tell me, tell the, the, the listeners a little bit how you got involved in the world of court reporting. Well, I was one of the lucky ones. I heard about court reporting when I was in high school. We had a career day. Somebody came in talking about the field, and I just fell in love with it. So I started at a very young age. Uh, I worked for many years in the Queens County uh, Grand Jury over in Kew Gardens. Sure. And um, after, um, you know... After so many years, I had a family. I took some time off, and then I ended up going back into the teaching end of it, which I truly love. You know, this happens to be a field that people just don't know about, and I just love um, being able to encourage people to be a part of this and get through school and then reap the benefits of of Well, Karen, I I, I am not saying it because you're here and you guys are cutting a commercial here on the show. It's a great it is a great job. I've, I've been a lawyer. Oh, tomorrow, Joan, we have to have a party. It's 30 years tomorrow. Woo! 30 wow. years. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's November 16th. I found out on November 16th <laughs> that I passed the bar. Um, wow. And, yeah, I just realized that. And um, 
you know, so when you start in the DA's office from from D, day one, right? You got to go in. You got to do an arraignment. Uh, you know, there's a court reporter. You're going to go into the grand jury. You know, there's a court reporter. You get elevated to Supreme mm-hmm. Court. There's a court reporter. Um, you know, the the importance of that job. As you know, you know, I walk into court and the judges there, prosecutors, everyone else is there. If the court reporter is not there, nothing happens. Um, and as attorneys, <laughs> as attorneys, uh, I, I, you could you could comment on this, but I think you guys garner a lot of respect from us. Is that true? Yes, yes. You know, it's teamwork. We're part of the team. You know, we are the guardians of the record, so we are preserving that record, and and that is, you know, the. Attorneys need that when it comes to appeal. You know, that's an important part of the whole uh, process. It's a huge part of the whole, not even besides yeah. the appeals. I mean, all throughout, I mean, there are readbacks when a jury is deliberating right. and the jurors want to hear something. The judge doesn't usually read it to them or the lawyers don't read it to them. Typically, the court reporter reads back the testimony of a client, uh, of a witness. And believe me, for those participants in that courtroom, we're hanging on every word that comes out of the court reporter's mouth. How long does it take to be a court reporter? Well, it averages two two years. You know, this is a skill-based course. So depending how much time people spend practicing on that machine, they can do it in less than two years or it could take a little longer than two years. You know, they have to reach 225 words a minute. Wow. Okay. And I know this is hard to do, but could you explain to the listeners, you know, it's not like taking shorthand. It's a whole different language, court reporting, correct? yeah, it, it's a whole different language. So it's really based on a little steno machine because that little steno machine, it, it has the, the keys just like it's we have um, the, like we have the beginning of a word of vowels that are in the middle that, that we control with our thumbs. And then we have the ending of the word. So and all those keys go down simultaneously, make different combinations. So you have yeah, to really I, learn the shorthand system, you know, and yeah, then we, we have no idea. In other words, in no the old idea. days, and see nowadays, the new days, you guys are on the little machine, and it's all getting instantly transcribed onto a laptop. Right. But in the old days, right. it was just on the paper, and you know you could look the at that paper, paper all day. Out. Right, you look <laughs> at that paper all day long, and you had no clue what the heck was. You know, just a bunch of dots and letters, and you have no no idea. I am assuming right. now that the the job is a lot easier for you guys, correct? Well, I wouldn't say easier. It's just uh, I think the translation part is easier because with the real time, it's coming up in English right away. So you're not going back and typing it up, you know, and it's all being computerized and and translated simultaneously. And let's just tell the listeners last thing before I'll let you go. Karen Santucci of Plaza College Court Reporting. You can make a very nice living uh, being a court reporter, correct? Correct. Correct. You know, and the one thing also I just want to tell you, Arthur, is, you know, you have the option whether you want to work full time or part time. So full time in the courts where you want a, you know, a great salary and then you get in addition to that salary, the um, transcript money. You know, we get paid per page. Yep. Or Correct. if you want to work part time, you know, a lot of people, they have families. They don't want to work a full time job. They could go into freelance or be an independent contractor. And since COVID, you know, happened we have now Zoom depositions. So a lot of our graduates, they're working from home and they don't even have to travel. They could take a, a deposition in the morning and then just jump into a deposition in the afternoon and never leave their, their office at home. Well, there you so go. You heard it right amazing. here from 
Karen <laughs> Santucci, Plaza College Court Reporting Program Director. Um, I think anybody who is kind of figuring out what they want to do and they want the excitement of it because court reporters, they're in the thick of it. They're, they're waiting for the verdict. They're enjoying the summations. They're being bored by some of the direct or cross-examination. So it's a great way to, to have the excitement of uh, courtroom life in a relatively swift basis. Karen, thank you for t- finding the time. I wanted you to come on to explain to people what the heck I'm talking about every day when I talk about court reporting. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. All right. You have a great night. All right. It's Arthur Idala. We're going to come back and talk about all the marijuana I saw being sold today right on my block. You nervous because you're so close to the greatness? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think she got over that the first five seconds. Really? I don't know. I'm still nervous. When the show started, I'm like, oh, shoot, Jerry's here. He's watching. Um, Wall Street Journal, marijuana may hurt smokers more than cigarettes alone. Really? When was that? Today? Five days ago. I think, Arthur, you should tell us about New York cruises. Lungs in tobacco smoke. I want you to talk about the dire straits thing, Mike. Mike. Oh, we are. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Hi, everybody. So you know what it is? I guess I did that that Plaza College thing, and I was like, oh, we're done with the Plaza College. But that's why Sambolino is so great, because he just kind of rolls with the punches. And, you know, Joan doesn't have headphones on, so I can't blame her. So she can't really hear Sam Bolin. Totally um, hear him. He's but, very loud. Really? Did you hear him say we're on the air right I now, did. live, and I'm supposed to be doing a live read? Yeah. I'm so um, glad someone in that room is paying attention. Yeah, well, I was talking about how great Jerry Foley is, so, I mean, I hope he that's He is great. Uh, let's, talk, let's talk about how the Atlantis is so great now. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, and you know what's interesting? Besides the phone uh, number, and, and this is, again, all sincerity, I don't even need to read the, strip on the script on the Atlantis Yacht Club. Um, the Atlantis Yacht Club. It's not a club. Although it feels that way when you go on. Uh, we've had so many events there. Not only the 970 events, but law events, um, reunion events. It is one of those venues. Look, there are beautiful venues around the city of New York. But there is none as unique as the Atlantis Yacht. And that may sound like a little hyperbole. But, I, you know, you could go to the Rainbow Room and it looks beautiful. And you can see, you know, the, the Empire State Building. But it's not the same as this ship pulling up next to the Statue of Liberty. I mean, like really close. Uh, the chill, and then you go under the Brooklyn Bridge. It's like, it's like having your own little, like, fun little yacht. And Captain Fred and his crew, they make you feel like it is your yacht. Like, I mean, and when Luca was there, when he was younger, he brought him into the control room. It's wonderful. And they have all kinds of different packages for all different price ranges. Um, I know because I've booked events on there. Uh, but they make you feel at home. My parents are octogenarians. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Um, you know, they help them onto the ship, make sure they don't trip, make sure they don't fall. And then they have the bar. They have several bartenders. They got good booze. They have great appetizers, great entrees, great desserts, and um, music. I mean, everything you would want. And the only time people ever say, like, anything negative about the, the concept is like, oh, I don't want to be trapped in a, in a ship for three hours. Trust me. You don't have that feeling at all. You get bummed out when you're pulling into port. You're like, oh, it's over? It's that great. So the part of the script that I have to read, although I know it now, call 212-633-1231, 212-633-1231, or visit NewYorkCruises.com. 
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Power Hour with Arthur Idala. A new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want styling and value are looking at the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander and finding Mitsubishi's industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty and available seven-passenger seating makes Outlander an outstanding choice. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for best selection. Let's go. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. The stock market has lost nearly 20% since the beginning of the year. Can you afford to live on 20% less in retirement? Sebastian Gorka here. Stop the bleeding. Convert your cash savings and a good portion of your investments into gold with the only gold company I recommend, Midas Gold Group. Gold holds its value while Wall Street crashes. Call veteran-owned Midas Gold Group before you lose even more. 855-322-GOLD. 855-322-GOLD. It's gold you can hold. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Kevin McCullough is next on AM970, The Answer. Six forty nine Tuesday night. So as we listen to Dire Straits, they are definitely one of my favorite bands. I mean, they're right, probably behind like U two is like number four, number five, right in there. Uh, they, you know, they were at their peak during when I thought I was at my peak. I mean, I, every day I feel like I'm at my peak, but that's just how my wife says my brain works. But that's kind of how I survive. With that being said, Dire Straits, um, they hold some sort of record for, um, I think it's the album, Brothers in Arms. Tell me about it, Sam Bellino. Yeah, so today in 1987, Dire Straits became the first act to sell over 3 million copies of an album in the UK. And one of the songs that we're listening to, Walk of Life, is from that album. Brothers in Arms contained five top 40 singles, including this one, Money for Nothing, So Far Away, Brother in Arms and Your Latest Trick and this album is the 8th best selling album in UK chart history. I mean that's that is a huge number folks. Yes. You're talking about the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, Queen, The Who. Yeah, this is number 8. That's that's no joke. Um 1987. So I was 6 years old. 87 was 35 years ago? Who got the math? Yeah. Yes? Am I right? 35 years ago? Um, I looked at Jerry. You think I was asking him to do like a, like a, no good? Say again? You don't do math? Okay, good. You're not doing the books then. 
Um, so I was a, a junior in college. Um, it was the fresh, right, it was my first semester of junior in college. And I am looking right now in my office, a little snow globe right here, and it says the word on it, Urbino, U-R-B-I-N-O. And Urbino is a little town in Italy in the Le Marche region, which is east of Florence. And it is way up top of a hill. And it is very inconvenient to get to. And because of that inconvenience, it is totally stuck in time. It is a medieval town that looks medieval. There is zero new construction on the exterior of any building. Uh, I was there in twenty in two thousand and seven for the thirty. Yes, so the, that was when we went for our thirty year anniversary. Joe Facano and I would we met there when I was nineteen. I turned 20 years old there, but Imran, who you all know, he studied there 10 years after I did, just coincidentally. And that's like a very weird coincidence because this is a really, really small town. But this is really il paese dove io ho imparato la lingua italiana perché in questo paese non c'è qualcuno che parla inglese. Tutti parlano italiano. So this was the town where I really learned how to speak Italian because in 1987, in this tiny little town, no one really spoke English. Um, I was in a group of 28 or 29 students from all over the United States of America, and it was through SUNY New Pulse, the program, and it was four guys, me and Joe Facano and a guy named Mike and Ed. Um, and Joe and I were roommates, and Mike and Ed were roommates, and the rest of the team were all young women from all over the place. Um, and the interesting part is, look, I, I spoke to someone today about my history, she asked, and I said, well, let's start off with, well, I was never a good student. So in, um, in the um, classroom, I remember there was one day we're leaving, and the teacher's giving us our grades on, like, grammar or something along the lines of the Italian language. And I think I got, like, a C. And all these other people from middle America, uh, Mon not Montana, I don't know, one of the M's. I forget, which, I forget where she's from. Where's they make the cheese? Wisconsin. That's Wisconsin. where she was from. Um, her name was Ashley. She was as white as white could be. Her hair was white. Her face was super, skin was super, super white. Pale, pale, pale. And she got like an A+. And we leave the classroom and we go into the piazza and we're going to get some food. And, you know, I didn't really care that I got a C. Um, for me, a C was good. I get passing and I don't have to take it over again. And now we go into the piazza and Ashley looks at me and she's like, Arturo, Arturo, um, could you do me a favor? Could you order me um, a piece of pizza with the mozzarella on the side? And this, I go, Ashley, slow down. We just left the, the classroom. You got an A+. Plus. I got a C in Italian language. Why are you asking me to order your food? She's like, oh, stop it, Arthur. That's just classroom stuff. You really know how to speak Italian. We have no idea what we're doing. So it just shows you how the the application in the classroom versus uh, real life. And that holds true for, for lawyers and lawyering. When you graduate law school, you kind of know how to be maybe a law school professor. You don't really know how to be a lawyer. Now, that's way the way it used to be. They have now done a lot more with hands-on programming in law school. So when you graduate law school, you're actually valuable uh, in a law firm. We have a couple minutes left. I just want to say I, I walked up 86th Street in Brooklyn today to take the train, to take the R train into the office. And there's a little, there was a little store 
uh, right off of the corner of 86th Street. That, I mean, that, I, this is where I've lived my whole life. And it used to be, for the last decade, a cell phone repair store. And now it's called Gelato, which in Italian means ice cream. And it's got this big marijuana uh, leaf on the, the, the sign. So I actually cross the street. I go out of my way to look at this. Now, this is like early in the not super early in the morning, but early in the morning. And there's a young black kid behind the counter. And there's this just one shelf. And all in these little containers is like real live weed. And, I mean, it, it was the first time I've seen this anywhere in the city. And definitely the first time I saw it in my neighborhood. And, of course, they have all the accoutrements to smoke with and like whatever else that was in there. I didn't really take a deep look because those things are in every candy store and they have been for years. But this is the actual bud. It's all right there. I mean, I guess the only time I saw that was in Amsterdam in when, after I took the bar in 1992. And I just was staring to the point where this, this black kid comes out from behind the counter and he like comes to the door and I'm all dressed up. So I'm thinking he's maybe he's thinking I'm a fed or something. And I'm just looking. I just kind of shook my head and I'm like, Wow. Wow. Um, And I was talking to a medical doctor and she's like, Arthur, the problem is on the street, they want the weed to be stronger than the one you could buy in the store. So what are they doing? They're putting a little bit of fentanyl in it. I said, in weed? She's like, yeah, in weed. I'm like, oh, my God. And now, of course, on the street, they're not paying any taxes or anything else. So they could sell it less than they are in the store. This is a mess, folks. And that was after... That was an hour after I was in the playground, and there's dozens of kids, like not eight, but like 20, just rolling up big joints and smoking them at 8 o'clock in the morning before they go into school. You know, we got we to gotta do a better job. We got to do a better job. Um, you know, also, besides what it does to your brain, there's also that, like, that cancer piece of the whole thing. Um. I don't know. Maybe we'll address it tomorrow with our very, very special guest that Joan is very nicely reminding me of. We have the deputy mayor from City Hall, New York City. Uh, she's the deputy mayor of operations, Mira Joshi. She's going to be live in studio with us. Deputy Mayor Mira Joshi, mayor of operations. She will fill us in on the real deal of what's going on in the city of New York, only on the Idola Power Hour. See you tomorrow. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.